All right, let's get into our Friday afternoon. We, of course, kick off with Dennis Stewart and Health and Actually. G'day, mate. Looking very vibrant today, Dennis. Well, thank you, Mark. Coming from you, that really means something. <laughs> All righty. Dennis, something that um, you've kind of been referencing a, a little bit in the last couple of weeks. We didn't quite get there, but the experience of, um, shall we say, keeping goats and being a, a modest goat farmer and the effect that goat milk, you believe, may have on treating many mucousy conditions. We'll look forward to that throughout the afternoon. It'll be a great discussion. Full stop? That's it. <laughs> All right, we look forward to it. Health Naturally at 2 and URFM. And Dennis, today you want to have a look at uh, goat's milk and uh, what did you call it? The, uh, the juice s- of the counterculture. The juice of the counterculture. So <laughs> with that in mind, your involvement obviously goes back to the swinging 60s and we're still waiting for a photograph of you from those days. It that- will occur one day, very late in the scheme of things. Juice of the counterculture. How was it so? Look, Goat's milk has always been used by people, particularly of more of an ethnic origin, Uh, but even in Anglo culture, it has been used significantly in the past. I can remember, Mark, as a young guy, uh, I would only be about six, seven, eight years of age, living in Crest Road, Walls End, when it was basically bush. I can remember regularly a guy with a, a, a team of goats pulling a little cart and he'd go down to the uh, to the shop that was down near the pub where the tram used to come through Jesmond with his goat herd. And he would lead them down there, get his stuff in it, and go back wherever he came from. So I was aware of goats then. We had a goat in our backyard that regularly took off. And I can still remember my father <laughs> racing down Crest Road trying to catch the wretched thing, which he did. But uh, the thing... I think that probably caused the renaissance of interest in in goats uh, was in fact the emergence of what we refer to uh, as the as the counterculture, a social experiment in dissent, where people, sensible people, qualified people, decided that they wanted to try a lifestyle that was more basic and over which they had control, and in that context we know. There were cooperatives, there were communes, there were groups of people who moved out into the regional areas, purchased land, sometimes run-down farms, and grew their own vegetables, and particularly they emphasised the organic aspect of growing your own vegetables, and that led to the organic revival, in my opinion, in this country. We take organic food these days as for granted. It wasn't like that prior to the social experiment that we refer to as the counterculture, but also in that context, there was an emphasis on using the goat as the source of family milk. Mainly it was uh, small holdings. And also keep in mind, the goat historically, the goat historically has been part and parcel of civilization since day one. If you like to see the donkey as the burden bearer of historic civilization, The goat has been the nourisher of civilization ever since the beginning. The counterculture saw a renaissance of interest in the goat, its milk, and as an alternative source of supply, particularly to those that were trying desperately to simplify their existence, to get back to nature by a simpler style of living, by looking after themselves food-wise, by using the goat as the source of nourishment, and also in that context, and this is interesting, that experiment, of which I'm happy to say I was part of, um, that experiment led to the renaissance, I believe, 
in the interest in herbal medicine. All right, so we'll have a look at its its properties mm. in a moment. But what, when you mentioned it was sort of the counterculture yeah, and, the, yeah. and the two were very much linked, yeah. was it um, through we see a value in this or were they simply more economical reasons that, that brought the goat into that movement? Oh, look, I think it's a bit of both. I think um, that interesting experiment of which I was a, a, a mild part uh, said more about personal consciousness. It was a period, as you know, of great dissent and discontentment with what was happening in the Western world. And um, economics may have come into it. The group that I was associated with were, in fact, architects and engineers from Public Works Department. And uh, we, we, we took off, so to speak. Uh, we, so we're not unintelligent people. And it wasn't driven by economics. It was driven by a consciousness that we wanted to experience more reality in life, to simplify the existence, see what it was like, and it never rubs off. It stays with you. Probably down there in Sydney thinking, well, public works, mm, do I want to sit here building the Warringah Freeway exactly or get it back it. to nature? I was 22 <laughs> floors above Sydney Harbour, well paid but bought out of my bind, and so were my colleagues. It wasn't like that in the bush. All right, we'll come back to that in a moment. Fascinating tale. G'day, Lorraine at Noraville. You've got uh, some questions for Dennis today in relation to iron, Lorraine. Yes, I do. Hello, Lorraine. How are you, Dennis? I've listened to your show all the all the time. Good on you, mate. They help so many people. Well, we do our best, Lorraine. How can I help you, darling? I, I don't know if you can, Dennis. Mm. I've, I've got blood cancer. Mm. And because I have a blood transfusion once a month at this point in time, my iron levels are through the roof. Mm. Now, the doctor has prescribed a tablet called Ephrus. Yes. Which sort of helps a little bit, but is there anything naturally that I could take to like my blood, my iron levels when I saw him a week ago was two and a half thousand. Mm-hmm. Now it goes down of itself naturally eventually, does it, Lorraine? No. Okay, so it it has to be uh, you have to have intervention to keep it at that level. Well, he tells me it should be between one twenty and one forty, yes. and it's. 2,500 yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Look, Lorraine, it's not something that I claim competence in. I'll be honest with you. It's not something yeah. that's in a, in the domain of complementary medicine. I don't think so. But, Lorraine, what I will do, as I say frequently to patients, I'll have a look and see if there's anything in our system of medicine that may be of use to you. I doubt it. Right. I doubt it. But I will have a look at it. And what I would ask you to do is hang on, talk to the receptionist, give them your um, details, whether it be email or address, name, etc., yep. and yep. I will I will get in contact with you personally. All right, best of luck, Lorraine. We'll pop you back on hold, and uh, Sally can uh, get some information there from you. Mm. More goat's milk coming up in a minute, Dennis. Looking forward to jumping back onto that. Well done. I'm thirsty. <laughs> 2NURFM 103.7. We're just hanging a banging with Dennis Stewart as part of Health Naturally today. Dennis, your topic on goat's milk has uh, got, got a bit of interest. And I'm pleased. I'm pleased. Good afternoon, Ma- uh, Denise from Maitland. You have your own experiences with goat's milk for Dennis today. Yes. Yes, I did. Um I'm now a grandmother and yes. a great-grandmother. Yes, so my grandfather and a oh, great-grandfather. lovely, isn't it? <laughs> lovely. And um, I had two children, one yes. who was a chronic asthmatic. Yes. And um, oh, she was so ill. Yes. And I was working at a time, at yes. that time, um, and there were, um, 
it was in a factory, yes. and there was um, a mixture of um, people from different countries. Yes. And in any case, um, this person said to me there that that goat's milk and goat's droppings would um, not have he said cure, but but yeah, have a great improvement on asthmatics. Mm-hmm. It had well, um, the best was a milking goat. Yes, yes. Um, and second, yeah, so it was milk from a milking goat or, um, and or the droppings of the goat in, in the yard or in, yeah. Um, so what I had both because um, then again, person in the factory actually sold me a goat that okay. was a milking goat. Yeah. And um, so I, I learned quickly how to milk the goat and... Good. Good. I gave it to my do- um, my both my children, the girl and the boy. Good. And um, um, my daughter's asthma improved out of sight. And uh, Denise, I will tell you something. That is an area where um, goat's milk has been most popular in dealing with young people's respiratory problems. You have. Hit it on the head. I, I had a lot to do with the droppings of goats, but they made good compost. I didn't do much <laughs> else with them. But, yes. but, but uh, my, my, my dear wife, I think I said last week, was probably the, the best milker of goats that Australia has ever produced. Yes. And my, my kids will still tell you of the morning ritual of my dear wife going into the goat's pen and, and milking the goats, to get, uh, rattling the pots and pans as, as she was going. My daughter, in fact, was only talking to one of my patients yesterday about the experience of growing up uh, with, with the family and uh, watching the whole history of goats from the point of view of their um, becoming pregnant through to their delivery and through to the subsequent uh, milking of the goats. So uh, yes. that, that coincides with, with, uh, with our experience. But our experience was very interesting in as much that uh, at that time, and I'm going back now probably to the late 60s and early 70s, um, yes. there was an interest in uh, goat's milk. We were in, in Gosford, and we had a cohort of people that would regularly uh, come to our home. We had a big backyard where the goats uh, were running, and um, they would regularly come and purchase our beautiful goat's milk yes. uh, for the sake of giving it to their children, many, many of whom many of whom would say that as a result of going off cow's milk, and I'm not an opponent of cow's milk, don't get me wrong, no, but no, as, as a I result understand. of moving from cow's milk to goat's milk, there was yes. a remarkable improvement in their uh, respiratory functioning. Uh, that is good feedback and, and, and good on you. And I would say to listeners out there, don't dismiss this lady's experience or my experience. It still yes. works. And yes. I, I get distressed today when I see uh, kids with continual upper respiratory tract infections, with, with asthmatic conditions, uh, that haven't at least been given the opportunity of seeing whether a movement away from the huge amount of dairy product of a cow's yes. milk origin in our diet yes. might be aggravating the situation and where a movement 
two goat's milk, which, by the way, can be purchased from our supermarkets. You, yes. One doesn't have to go and buy a goat, although yes. I'm, a, I'm a great supporter of encouraging people to love these animals. Yes. They're delightful creatures. They'll they do are. anything for you. And, yes. and we, owe, we owe a lot to our uh, ethnic population who brought with them uh, an understanding of this animal and a benefit of their goat. Uh, yes. And the benefit of the goat generally. So, thank you so much for ringing, Denise. Thank you. Best of luck with all of that, Denise. And Dennis, uh, I think you find it's it, it's quite a, a mm. bit of a dualism, isn't it? That we we can associate can traditional forms of dairy overconsumption yes. with respiratory, yes. yeah. But yet, this form of dairy, you yes. say, uh, has the opposite effect. Yes, the, the, very much. And this is the controversial side of it because the cynics of these uh, observations, the cynics uh, that will say, oh, look, there's really no difference. This is just all in the person's head. It isn't all in the mother's head when she sees her snotty-nosed child um, starting to become less snotty-nosed and when the severity of an asthmatic attack is lessened the moment they start to use goat's milk. Now, does it work in every case? No. Does it work in many cases? Yes. Should it be utilised? In my opinion, yes. It's not dangerous. It's not going to cost you very much. My view is give it a go, despite the controversy, history, folk use, the people using this historic source of nourishment vouch for the efficacy of it in some conditions. Good afternoon, Eve from Valentine. You have a question on eczema for Dennis today there, Eve. Yes, thank you, Dennis. My grandchild's had uh, eczema um, as a a child, baby. She's 15 months old. Got very sensitive skin. She's used cream. She's used goat soap. But she doesn't want to have anything too strong. She's just worried. Is there anything natural that she can help her uh, a child because she does scratch a bit? Yeah. Okay. You're you're talking about uh, topical substances or you're talking about oral supplements? Um, whatever, whatever can work because you, the creams, they've helped a little bit, but it's yes. not got, you know, to the stage that it's cleared up. How old is the little girl, Eve? It's 15 months. Okay. Look, at, at 15 months, it's always difficult because yes. she's probably in the good care of, of a paediatrician and, and that's the right place to be if it's a severe eczema, uh, although our GPs are very good in following up. Uh, a condition if it has been started, say with a, a paediatric dermatologist. But I would ask you, you a question. Uh, has your granddaughter ever been uh, um, given a chance to try, say, some goat's milk? No, only the goat soap. Okay, well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. This can be an undiscovered gem. I'm entitled to make these comments because not only uh, I have, have I had a long history in this area, I have recommended this in, mm-hmm. in over my 40 years of practice in complementary medicine. I have recommended to many patients, particularly with reference to their kids, that they discuss with their doc- doctor preferably, although most doctors wouldn't have a clue about what I'm talking about, but try... Um, goat's milk as an alternative to the cow's milk emphasis that might be in their diet. Let me just say, to to, to reinforce it, there was a British doctor, and might I just say, might I just say, Mm. complementary medicine or alternative medicine owes a lot to what could be referred to as eccentric 
British mm-hmm. doctors. Now, I don't think they're eccentric, but the Brits are famous in producing uh, dissenters from the mainstream, both in herbal medicine, in homeopathy, in, in, in manipulative therapies. And a doctor, Vera Walker, was a British doctor who mm-hmm. wrote a book on the therapeutic uses of goat's milk. She reiterated uh, what I am saying, that goat's milk has a part to play, particularly in kids' conditions, as a, a try, as an alternative to the overemphasis on cow's milk products. And I, I can vouch time and time again, and particularly in the area of eczema and mm-hmm. asthma. And your doctor will tell you that both those conditions uh, go together. They go together. And uh, if um, asthma can be helped in particular cases with the use of goat's milk, so can eczema. I would suggest that before you look at alternative uh, topical preparations, uh, discuss it with your doctor, your paediatrician, the possibility of curtailing a high emphasis on cow's milk products, and I say again, I'm not opposed to that. People shouldn't interpret that I'm opposing the dairy industry. I'm not. I'm just saying that that form of dairy product, give it a bit of a try by not taking it and see if the introduction of goat's milk into the diet can quiet the situation down. I, I would be most surprised if there was not some feedback down the track to say that there has been some reduction in the little girl's condition. On air, online, on your smartphone. Two in URFM 103.7. Dennis Stewart is here with Health Naturally on the uh, run-up to one o'clock today. A little bit more on goats, but your topic is really very much topical today, Dennis. I'm glad. Good afternoon to uh, Jennifer at Fern Bay. You've actually uh, got some questions on asthma and eczema and goat's milk as well, Jennifer. All right, Jennifer's gone. That's not a problem there. Uh, good Good afternoon to Neil at Jules. Now, Neil... Uh, you have a goat's milk success story. and You reckon this one uh, saved you when you were pretty young? What happened, Neil? Uh, when I was a, 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 a young, a very young sort of uh, child, mm-hmm. uh, according to the, my mother, the, I suffered from eczema yes. quite bad. Yes, yes. And uh, I think it might have been Dr Muller in those days at Wall's End yes. suggested to mum that dad go and buy a goat, yes. a milking goat. Yes. And yes. And my eczema cleared up quite quickly. Yes. And uh, so goats become part of our family. We're on a small property up on Lake Road, Wall's End, and yeah, 15 yeah. acres. So, yes, yes. yes, goats become part of the family. But, yeah. yes, it's, uh, I can attest to that. I'm 71 now, and, and uh, yes. Well, uh, Neil, what, what you say makes me feel very happy. I'm heading for my mid-80s and I can, I can remember Wall's End and I can remember the guy that used to have a goat uh, herd and bring it down to the shop as I've said, but uh, I'm interested and so glad that you mentioned that your good GP in those days yes, recommended yes. this. Could you imagine going to a modern uh, GP's practice today and uh, the GP not writing a script for a drug but suggesting that you go and purchase a goat. No, I cannot. I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, of course. Uh, I get on very well well with my doctor and he's a great great chap. Mention mention that to him because, because honestly... 
what you say, I could reiterate time and time again. And look, I know a lot of people out there, particularly uh, mainstream professionals, think that I go over the top, that I exaggerate, that yeah. I'm off, of, you know, out of a tree sort of thing. But the good thing about it is I can speak from experience. I've been in there recommending these things, goat's milk, herbs, vegetarian emphasis, all my life. And I knew, I knew today if I was to take this topic up, I would get confirmation from listeners. And yes. let me just say again, it is eczema and asthma yes. that are the two classic conditions that warrant a discussion with your GP. And listeners know that I have incredible regard for our general practitioners, incredible regard for them. And most of them would not object to my suggestion based on stories like yours that at least they monitor a yes. patient trying this simple, inexpensive way of breaking through some of what we call these atopic conditions such as eczema and asthma. Neil, yeah. thanks for your call there, and obviously the trip up memory lane known as uh, Lake Road in the, well, uh, when you were also, younger. I can also add to Dennis's um, memories, um, Crest Road Walls End. My mother grew up in Crest Road Walls End. Is that a fact? Yes, yes. That was, uh, they come there in the... In the uh, uh, in the 30s, and uh, built a house at uh, in Crest Road, and uh, yes, she, her maiden name was Putnam. Uh, we we used to live next door to them, and he he was there actually he was actually a warden in That's the Second right. World War. He used to yes. go around making sure that people had yes. blinds pulled down. I he remember used to, the Putnams. He used to anno used to annoy the neighbourhood. I, I know no, all the family folklore. He lived <laughs> right next door to us. In fact, interestingly, my father brought his first motor car from him. Is that right? Yes. What a small world. Yeah, it is. Oh, but my oh, look, if my if my dear dad was alive today, he would relate to you and your family like no one else. They, <laughs> my, he, he was a real friend to our family. We were only a, a few uh, few kids, and my mum and dad were very young at that stage, and uh, he helped them greatly. And I can remember that house like it's yesterday. Yes. I think, it, I think it's still there, but it's a bit run down. <laughs> yeah, well, what they did with our house that was next to it, they bulldozed that, mm. and they bulldozed the Baptist church beside it as well. Yes. So I, I don't know what happened there. My father never got on too well with the Baptist <laughs> church because he used to work shift work. And, and, it was, and it was on Sundays, uh, Baptists, and I love Baptists, they sing pretty well. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. Meanwhile, well, you go. thank you very much, Dennis. Thank you, Dan. Good on you. Oh, there you go, Dennis. So we went full that? circle. You oh, found, yeah, you found yeah. the the offspring look, of your it, next door neighbour. Look, once once an overcastrian, you you know the back, know the place mm. like the back of your hand. Very much so. I still I still drive up that street, and there is still there is still a stringy bark tree where my mother's house was. That still stands, and that stringy bark tree inevitably my brother would climb into it and inevitably get hives. So I remember it very, and it still stands there. The tree stands, the house, alas, did yeah, not. Gone. Jennifer, we've got you back there, and you were also wanting to look at goat's milk and ac asthma and eczema today. Thanks for calling back, Jennifer. Thank you. Um, I just want to echo your sentiments, Dennis. Thank you. My brother is nearing his 70s. Yes. No, 80s. He's, he's part of my cohort. And... I remember my mum saying he had eczema and all that would do it was goat's milk. Yeah, yeah. And oh, he's got yeah. the whole, the gamut, the bronchitis, yep. the eczema, the asthma, yep. and goat's milk was, was what saw him through surviving. And look, that that doesn't surprise me, but 
what distresses me, um, Jennifer, and I've just been discussing this with Mark in between calls, what distresses me is that in, in, a, in a few more year, years, the, the good Lord will take me, and a lot of this th knowledge that uh, I have observed with things like this will die because it is not being no, passed on. I'll stand up and jump up and down and say, Dennis did. <laughs> oh, yes, well, hopefully. But look, the, the experiences out there, and I do ask uh, to listeners to take this bit seriously because there are a lot of asthmatic kids a lot of kids with eczema. I've never seen so many kids as I'm seeing today with eczema. And just a simple bit of advice can frequently get them in the right direction as far as taking the right milk, giving it a try. Does it work work all the time? No. Does it work in many cases? Yes. Do you remember the Clexema Clinic in Sydney? Uh, I remember it. I don't know a lot about it. Um, it was really grey, unctuous. Okay. Ointment that yeah. my father used to put on his legs, and that I, I think. What was it? What was it did. called? What was it called? What was the it? Clexema Clinic. K L E X M A Clinic. Okay. Now I'll just tell you something. There used to be a little pharmacist in the Royal Arcade in Sydney. Uh, no, it was Dimmick's Arcade in Sydney, and he yep. used to make a grey ointment that was it, called Zebra Ointment, which sounds a little bit like what you're talking about. Now yeah. that was that uh, that had a great deal of effect on me because when I went to Sydney uh, from Newcastle to study engineering, I contracted eczema due to poor diet, a lot of stress, living away from home, and the thing that basically changed my management of it at the topical level was that grey ointment, as you call it, which I could pounds to pence bet that it was a zinc oxide-based ointment with some pine tar or coal tar in it. There yeah, I would agree with you. Yep, it still works, and it still works. And yet, I very, very rarely see patients today uh, knowing anything about these older-fashioned ointments that pharmacists and even doctors used to prescribe. Not popular since the steroids came. Good afternoon, Julie at Stockton. Um, you want to have a chat to Dennis about water warts today? That's right. Yes. Hello, my... Julie. Hello, Dennis. Um, my granddaughter has water warts um we've had a new a couple of people new family members come into our extended family mm -hmm. and that child had it and then the two girls were bathing together and suddenly now my granddaughter has it as well and they say that it is um highly contagious um if they do break but is there something that you can do for them to get Look, rid of them? Warts um, are interesting things. and There are various forms of warts. Um, the best that I could recommend is that you source what's called Thuyar ointment, T-H-U-J-A. Now, Thuyar okay. is a herb. Uh, your yep. health food store or your pharmacist or my rooms at New Lambton could supply it to you. Its reputation is mainly in the area of wart management, and a topical mm -hmm. at a topical level, it has a good reputation. Um, I would could recommend you consider that. But yes. let me just say, if it is a severe situation, you you, you have had it investigated by your doctor, etc. Yes, okay. yes, and All there right. wasn't much that they okay. could well, do. I would I would recommend a trial on Thuya. If you Google it, you will find yep. that I'm pretty right. And the thing about it is, 
for me again? T-H-U-J-A. Its proper name or botanical name is Thuya occidentalis because there are many species of it, but that is the one that is used a lot in, in Western medicine, both European and Anglo-American, for an ointment preparation that is sometimes quite useful in managing mm-hmm. warts per se. Okay. All right. We will give, give that a go. go. Okay. All right. Thank you uh, so much, Julie. Dennis, pretty much running out of time. We've got uh, just under two minutes to go, uh, so uh, I'll let you wrap up. There's a lot of chatter today on uh, goat's milk, so uh, your thoughts in, in closing? Well, I, think, I think it's been a good discussion today, mainly from the point of view that it makes people aware that there are things that we have used in the past which are largely forgotten that have a history of benefit. And I'm of the opinion, Mark, and I'm not a pessimist, I'm of the opinion that we are at a turning point in our society when a lot of the older ways will be looked at more seriously. I believe the energy crisis is going to cause people to look more seriously at becoming better controllers of their energy. I'm one of these people that can see, and this is really radical, I can see a reversion to normal fuel stoves, water tanks, gardens in the backyard, your own chook bed, for goodness sake. When people start paying 15 bucks for eggs, what we've been talking about today will come said. Now, look, tongue-in-cheek I'm saying that, but I would like to think that our discussion today was a bit left field, but it made people realise that there was a time not so long ago when a handful of us thought that there was something better than living the artificial way we were in those times. Things have changed a bit. And you even uh, were able to connect with uh, your long-lost neighbours. How about that? I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely stunned because it takes me back to Crest Road. And I was telling you, listeners won't believe this, but opposite where we were, near the, in the Baptist Church, which is now gone, there used to be trenches, trenches in a vacant block. And those trenches, I believe, were put there deliberately in the case that there were, was an air raid or a serious attack where people in the, in the, in the area could go and retreat. We played in those as kids. Fond recollections of Crest Road Walls End. Nice way to wrap up Health Naturally today. Dennis, you have a great weekend. We'll catch you you next Friday, all right? Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.